Welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Well, now I've just spilled my tea everywhere, so I guess (laughs) I should get this started. For those who have been tuning in the last two weeks, today's episode is not going to be on one of my Evox sessions. That is coming on Friday. Today is going to be a solo episode, but just talking about something that I've kind of been mulling over, ruminating on over the last few weeks that I just felt sort of moved to share. So ultimately what I'm wanting to share about today is my, I'm calling it my lethargy list. And it's basically a checklist of things to do for my physical health and emotional health whenever I'm waking up and I'm having a day where I'm just feeling so lethargic and unmotivated, which is something that historically can happen a lot for me. Or my body feels so inflamed and achy and tired and I'm really just not (laughs) there mentally. So this is something that I've definitely struggled with a lot more in the past. And what I want to share is really one of the big epiphanies I had that helped me overcome so much of this lethargy that I experience. And then... On the days when it still does show up, what is the checklist of things I go through to try and get myself back on track for that day? And so I'm going to touch on this checklist, but I'm going to really explain why each thing that's on this checklist is there and why it's so important to emotional and physical health so that you guys really understand a little bit of the science behind some of these things as well. So I'm going to take us back all the way to early 2021. At this point in my life, I was just coming off of 2020, which for me was a year of a lot of different growth, but I was doing so much focus on my physical health. I was doing all these different protocols and supplements. Leading up to this, it had really been a few years of dealing with thyroid issues, fatigue, lethargy, body aches just not having energy, not having motivation to do things, waking up feeling exhausted, not being motivated to do anything that day. And then so kind of just being really unproductive, not not doing the things that I deeply knew I wanted to do and achieve. Tons and tons of brain fog. And so over the course of 2020, a lot of these symptoms got significantly better. But I had kind of an epiphany moment in early 2021 that was profoundly, profoundly life-changing for me. And basically it was a day where I was really, I was being so good with my health habits. You know, the few weeks prior to that, I was on top of my supplements, everything. And on this particular day, I woke up feeling achy and inflamed and swollen and tired, lethargic, all of the things, and just feeling like, oh my God, I just want to lay in bed all day and do nothing. And I got so frustrated for a moment there thinking, look at all these things I'm doing. How am I still feeling this way? 
And ultimately what I realized was that there was this peace deep inside of me that kind of felt safe being sick, almost like being sick sometimes or not feeling well sometimes protected me from obligations I didn't want to attend to, from really pushing myself to achieve things and do things that were maybe kind of scary to me, that maybe I felt like I'm not good enough to do this. Um, That's too good for me to ever achieve. And so I really do think that a lot of my symptoms were psychosomatic in a way that I was manifesting feeling a certain way as a protective mechanism. And what really hit me so hard in the face in that moment was at some point I have to choose to be healthy or not from an emotional perspective. And I'm not saying this in the sense that if someone is dealing with a physical illness and in their mind they just say, no, I'm gonna be healthy, all of a sudden everything falls away. I I don't think that's necessarily the case. What I mean is in my particular case, the lethargy and the feeling poorly was my brain's way of protecting me from having to step into something bigger. If I'm sick or I don't feel well, well, I don't have to show up fully today. It's always a fallback for if I didn't perform well today, it's because, oh, well, I wasn't feeling really well. And it just became so clear to me in this moment that until I looked at that emotional piece of it, I was never ever going to fully get rid of these physical symptoms. So absolutely, I've been working on clearing the deeper emotional roots of this through Evox sessions. But something I decided right then and there in that moment was on the days where I wake up feeling horrible, instead of doing what I usually did, which was I'd wake up and feel horrible and then I'd basically just go, oh, okay, I guess this is how today's gonna look like. I'm gonna feel shitty all day long. I'm not gonna get a lot done. All those things that I had that I wanted to get done today, probably not gonna get to them. Really just accepting, I don't know, the fate of it basically. And in a sense, a little bit of a, oh, poor me, woe is me. I'm not feeling well today, it's just, how today is going to shape up to be. And so instead of doing that, I really decided that on those days when I wake up not feeling my best, I am going to go through this checklist that I've made up so that I can address any of the physiological sides of these symptoms and then also some of the emotional sides of these symptoms. And after going through this whole checklist, take inventory again of how I'm feeling and then go from there, basically kind of deciding how my day is gonna go from there. So what I wanna share with you guys is this checklist that I kind of go through on these days to make sure I've really prepared my body to have the best day possible, and I've also prepared my mind to have the best day possible. And pretty much all of these things now are almost a daily habit. Sometimes if I'm traveling or super, super busy, I can get knocked out of my routine. But for the most part, these are now things that I make sure I do every single day just because they are so foundational to health. So when I'm, if I wake up feeling off or in the middle of the day, I start to feel really off emotionally. The first two things I ask myself are, 
how's my nutrition and how's my hydration? And this comes back to something that I really learned about during a podcast interview with Dr. Ellen Vora. She's a holistic psychiatrist, absolutely amazing. I'll make sure I link that episode in the show notes. But really what she was talking about in this episode is that There's two types of anxiety. There's real anxiety and there's false anxiety. And the false anxiety is this sort of anxious, panicky feeling that's brought on when our physiology is not being cared for. And very often for people, that's a blood sugar drop. So we're eating really sugary, starchy, bready things. And then when our blood sugar drops, it can actually create this anxious, panicked, effect that on the surface level, we just interpret as anxiety. So really from that interview with her, I learned that one of the first things I need to assess when I'm feeling really, really anxious or lethargic and just out of it is how's my nutrition? And then secondly, how's my hydration, right? Because food and water are fuel for our body. And if the body isn't fueled appropriately, No matter what I'm trying to ask it to do, it's not going to be able to do at its best if it doesn't have the proper fuel. I think the easiest analogy for this is like trying to drive a car without any gas. (laughs) You might be able to make it a few miles, but then at some point it's just going to start sputtering and end up, you know, on the side of the road stagnant. And so I really think especially if we've got some emotional stuff we're trying to deal with, this anxiety, this lethargy, before we even sometimes try and address that, we've got to make sure, okay, the car has fuel in it so that I can even process, I can even turn my brain on to think appropriately. So for me in the morning, two really, really important things are as soon as I wake up, I'm drinking eight to 16 ounces of water. And then before I have my coffee, Or along with my coffee, I'm trying to make sure that I'm having some kind of really good fat and or protein because this is what's going to be some really, really good fuel for the body and especially the fats are going to help fuel the brain. And on a side note with that, if I'm having coffee, that caffeine of that little bit of coconut sugar that I put in there, that could cause a blood sugar spike. And so when I'm pairing that sugar and caffeine with a good fat and protein, it's going to significantly reduce that blood sugar spike so that there's not a huge blood sugar drop that happens later on. And this has been a total game changer for me, especially for those who are coffee drinkers. First of all, you've got to start the day with water, 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 because remember you're coming off of, you know, hopefully eight hours of no water. Your body needs to refresh that, especially because when we sleep, that's one of our biggest times of detoxification. So we've got a lot of toxins. The body's trying to flush out. We've used a lot of water in the process and we've got to replenish those stores. But secondly, coffee is caffeine. Oftentimes, a lot of us are adding various sugar to our coffee and it's very acidic. And so if that is the first input we're putting into our body, we're not really setting ourselves up that well to have a great day if we're giving our body just a dose of caffeine and a dose of sugar first thing in the morning. So I really, really try to make sure I get that water first. And then as I'm preparing my coffee, I like to have maybe some avocado, maybe some really good almond butter to just start my body off with some really, really good fuel. And by the way, I don't like to eat a big breakfast first thing in the morning. So for those of 
you who are like me, you don't have to, this doesn't mean that you need to scarf down a whole big breakfast meal when you're not really hungry for it. Literally one tablespoon of almond butter, half or even a quarter of an avocado is a great way to just start the day, kind of get that metabolism going, but also negate a lot of the caffeine and the sugar and the acidity from the morning coffee if you're drinking it. The next thing on my list is sunshine or sun exposure. And so again, if it's the morning, this is something I'm doing right away as soon as I can. I walk, I drink my water, I put the hot water on to boil for the coffee, and then I'm immediately going outside to get about five minutes of sunshine. But if it's later in the day when I start to maybe feel really, really lethargic, I'll kind of check in with myself, right? I go through this whole checklist and I go, okay, have I had enough sun exposure today? Because, and you guys know, I've talked about this so much on social media is the sun affects so many different hormones within our body. It's going to turn on those focus hormones, those hormones that wake us up, that make us hungry. It's going to start helping produce more digestive enzymes so we digest our food better. It's going to get the metabolism going. It's going to reduce or excuse me, produce some serotonin. So this really is like such a non-negotiable because it has so, so many interconnected benefits and it's free, guys. It's so simple to just pop outside and get a little bit of sunshine. But now knowing all of the science behind what the sunshine does for us, whenever I'm having an off day, one of my first thoughts is, have I had enough sunshine today because my physiology is feeling a bit off? And because these are like two questions I get all the time with this, first of all, if it's cloudy, yes, still get outside because even through the clouds, those sun rays are going to be coming through. We're going to be able to absorb some of that through our eyes, through our skin. And secondly, if you're like petrified of the sun, first of all, let's work on that. We don't need to be. (laughs) But if you're not ready to go stand out in the full sun, that's okay. You can be in the shade just as long as you're outside and you're exposing your eyes to that natural light. That's really the biggest, biggest factor here. Next after sunshine, what I'm checking in with is movement because when we move our bodies similar to the sun, it's helping produce a lot of soothing and happy hormones and it's also helping reduce the cortisol same with the sun the sun can help reduce the cortisol especially some really good grounding but so after I've gone through this checklist and I get to movement it's like have I moved my body today have I gotten the circulation flowing have I stimulated my lymphatic system and this doesn't mean it rarely for me means I need to go do a big hard workout Usually it's like, okay, let me go take a 10 minute walk. Let me go stand on my vibration plate for 10 minutes. Let me do a little bit of some gentle Pilates or yoga or even just stretching, but let me get my body moving to reduce some of the stress hormones, improve some of the happy and calming hormones. So right now, these are really the four physiological things on my checklist. It's the nutrition, hydration, sunshine, and movement. And I'm telling you guys, once I have done these four things, 99.9% of the time, I feel immensely better. Mentally, physically, I feel so much better. And oftentimes what it does 
If there's still some lingering emotions, some lingering lethargy, what those four things do is it's now set up my body, it's prepared my body to perform even better so that if I do need to do some extra processing, I now have the fuel, the energy, the calmness to do that with much, much more clarity. The next thing on my list is really now focusing on addressing the emotional aspect of health. And for me, there's two things that I love to do, especially just when I'm at home. If I if I can't really sit down for a long evoc session, which is always wonderful, there's two really straightforward things that I do to help process those emotions. The first one is emotional freedom technique or EFT or tapping. And I also have a podcast interview on this. I have a whole article on this, so I'll link those below. You guys can read up on that. This is an amazing technique you can do on yourself that's going to help turn off the body's fight or flight response. So it's an amazing technique to do if you're really, really in the midst of overwhelm, panic, anxiety, stress, but it's also a great maintenance tool. And so especially on these days when I'm just feeling funkified, I'm not in it, I'll go through my checklist and doing an EFT or a tapping meditation is one of those foundational tools for me personally to calm my emotions even more. And then the last one that I want to talk about here is just, for me, I just call it processing time. And some days for me, this looks like going on a long walk without a phone, without a music, without podcast, and just thinking to myself for 30, 40 minutes, thinking through things. Sometimes this looks like a really long journal session. There's a couple things I want to point out here. First, I through through one of these processing sessions through what a long walk with myself one of the things I realized is when I don't take time each day to think about what happened what what feelings was I experiencing throughout this day what am I nervous about what am I afraid of that's coming up and just really processing what is going on in my life you know that person that i snapped at earlier why did i do that why was i feeling anxious so when i don't do that on a regular basis i really start to feel overwhelmed and anxious and realizing that was a huge huge piece for me i think in my own emotional mental health journey because i really started to see this trend of when i don't take the time to process my day and my life, I it's like all of this pent up energy or the analogy in my mind was just like, it's like I'm carrying all these grocery bags. And at some point my arms become full of these grocery bags. And so even if they're not necessarily bad or heavy things, it's just, I can no longer pick anything new up. And so when I don't process my emotions, that's exactly how I start to feel. I just feel so burdened and overwhelmed that I get to a point where I kind of check out and I'm just like in my head, okay, I can't take anything else on. No, I can't address that today. I can't respond to that email today because I'm overwhelmed. My arms are full. And so for me, my processing time is like unloading all of those bags from my arm to clear up space to welcome in new things. In general, I am a huge, huge advocate for processing our emotions, but 
I don't think I don't think everyone is just like me in the sense that they maybe need to be doing this on a daily or every other day basis. But I have just seen for me personally, this is like a daily thing I need to make a lot, maybe not a lot of time for, but at least like an hour for this processing time a day. And so I encourage you tune in with yourself, ask yourself what, you know, what starts to make me feel overwhelmed? Do I need processing time? If so, how much? What what type of processing makes me feel really good and free and released? Is it kind of thinking in my own head? Is it talking with a friend? Is it talking with a counselor? Is it journaling for a long, long time? Is it talking out loud to myself? <laughs> And seeing if you can get in tune with how often do I feel like I need to be doing this that feels good. That doesn't feel forced, but feels really, really good. I think also on the flip side is when we're forcing ourselves to do certain things that aren't aligned, it's just as burdensome as maybe not doing it. And so, for example, if you're someone who maybe Maybe just once a week, you need a really good sit down with yourself, but you're forcing yourself to do it every single day. Well, that doesn't serve you. And so being able to just tune in with what feels good to me, regardless of what anyone else around me is saying or doing or recommending, what feels good to me and give yourself permission to experiment with it a little bit because you might not know right away, right? You might from the start be like, I have no idea what feels good to me. So we have to start somewhere, definitely, but choose a place to start, start there, try it out. If it doesn't feel good, if it's not serving you, let yourself pivot into something else. It can actually be a really, really fun game, getting to know ourselves, getting to find what feels so good, what doesn't, and kind of getting this rhythm going with ourselves. Something I wanted to point out here was, I have just noticed from my own experience that I can process a lot better when I'm moving. And so in general, especially if I have like something really intense I'm trying to work through or some really strong emotions I'm trying to work through, I always get out and walk. Ideally, I love to go for a walk on the sand because then you're getting this amazing grounding. But so often it's just going out, walking through my neighborhood and helping process these emotions. And I've just noticed... I process so much better when I'm moving, but what I think is so interesting about this is I actually did come across a study that literally proved this point, that when we're moving our body, our brain is able to make neural connections faster. So I wanted to add that in here because for those of you who maybe are finding that, you know, I I try and sit down and meditate or I try and sit down and journal and there's just nothing coming to me or it's really hard to come to any conclusions, I really, really encourage you try going for a walk without a cell phone, without any kind of music and just thinking through things while you're walking and see if that kind of helps the thoughts and the emotions come through a little bit easier and clearer. What I love about having this checklist is whereas before on those days I would wake up and feel like gosh, I feel so horrible. Today's not going to be a great day. I guess this is just how I'm going to feel today. Now, when I wake up feeling that way, I go, okay, this is how I've woken up feeling. Let me do all these things first and then tune in with how I'm feeling. So basically, let me do everything within my power to feel good and excited and ready for the day. And 
like I said, 99% of the time when I go through this checklist, I feel like a new person. I'm ready to tackle the day. I'm excited. I'm motivated. That lethargy has cleared out. But on the rare occasion that I go through this whole checklist and I still am feeling really, really off, I usually take that as a sign that I need a rest, that maybe I do actually need a rest day. Maybe I do actually need to disengage today from work, from friends, and take even more space for myself to let my body reset, to let my mind reset. It really is kind of funny to think about you know, maybe previously to having this list, I was almost catering to my body too much, you know, sort of waking up and feeling horrible and just instantly thinking, oh, my body needs a break. I'm overwhelmed. I'm too tired, yada, yada, yada. And sometimes that really is the case. If you're really, really unwell, sometimes that is so true. But I think what I have noticed for myself personally, again, this is just my personal story, is that so much of my lethargy and a lot of my brain fog is just a manifestation of my fears. And when I'm really, really afraid (laughs) of maybe something that's upcoming, I'm just nervous about it. I'm feeling like nervous to step into something bigger, I tend to manifest that lethargy, that fatigue, that brain fog, I think as a protective mechanism. And so I've seen that pattern in myself. And so that's why when I go through this checklist, once I'm done with it, if I'm still feeling unwell, then I know, okay, I've given my body you know, all the foundational things. If it's still feeling unwell, something's up and I need to now listen a little bit deeper. But it's so funny because I think I was kind of on one extreme of it, which was like almost catering to these feelings too much. And I know that also many of us are on the other extreme of it, which is we never tune in. We never listen. We're always pushing, 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 pushing through, never asking ourselves, what do I actually need? We just kind of feel awful all the time and just keep going. So I hope that this gives you a few little tools to play with and see if they might resonate with you. Again, it's just me sharing my experience. And like I said in, I think, two podcasts ago, I really communicate best when I'm sharing my experiences, the epiphanies I've had, my solutions to things. And so I hope that comes across to you guys as well. But for those of you who maybe the solo episodes aren't your cup of tea, yes, there are more interview episodes with some expert guests coming soon as well. So thank you everyone for tuning in. If there was something in here that really resonated or was helpful, I'd love to hear it. It really is so inspiring and encouraging to hear feedback from you guys in relation to this. So definitely reach out via social media or email. I would love to hear from you guys. 